What does no book club? Hey everybody and welcome to Vassals of Kingsgrave. My name is Ina007 and I'll be your host today and we are going to discuss the first season of the Showtime TV series Yellow Jackets. Today I'm also joined by Thomas. Hello, Thomas FT Ward on the internet I guess. And by Matt. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Okay, so let's in time honored tradition go around the table and give our lemon cake ratings for season one. Uh, Matt, do you want to go first? Lemon cakes? That seems like an in, not the correct food item for this show, but... What, jawbones? <laughs> thigh, thigh, leg femurs? I don't know. Um, what would you like to go for instead? <laughs> and given any thought. It's been so long since I did one of these. I hadn't given any thought to it, but... Uh... Yeah, bare legs. Yeah. <laughs> Mushroom stews? I don't know. <laughs> Spiked carafes of mushroom wine and fermented beer, maybe. <laughs> okay, Matt, uh, but what's your rating? And we should say, we should say, dear listener, that we are obviously going to spoil the show. Um, there's no ancillary media to spoil, but yeah, you should have watched it before you listen to this. <laughs> Over to you, yeah, man. so I, I would recommend if you... Uh, did you want to say what it was first and then maybe we could just recommend people if they wanted to s- actually watch it first before coming yeah back. so i think the way it's being described is sort of lost meets um alive basically it's a show that's set in two timelines we have a high school women's soccer team that are flying to a tournament there's a plane crash and they get stranded in the canadian mountains i guess Um, And the idea is that they're stranded for so long that at some point in an opening teaser, they resort to cannibalism. And you fast forward in the second timeline to the present day, where we now see the surviving high school soccer players in the present day dealing with that trauma in various ways and being blackmailed by someone who claims to know what really happened out there. So obviously in the contemporary world, people are fascinated by what happened to the survivors, how they survived, was there cannibalism? And that is the, that's the mystery we're trying to solve, both what happened in the past tense and who is responsible for the blackmail in the present tense. Good summary. Anything else we should mention? Oh, it's very good. Cool. So go watch it because it's fun. It's cool. And it's worth saying that even if you're sort of not necessarily into that kind of story, if you are into 90s nostalgia, I was very much a teenager in the 90s. The music, the fashions, oh, so glorious. So it's, it's worth it for that alone, I feel. Okay. So over to our mushroom lace jugs of uh, fermented brew. <laughs> Who wants to go first with a rating? You know, I, I can start. It's fine. Probably around 4.5. That seems to force kind of like my average for pretty good stuff. And this was definitely above that. I think it lulled a little bit in some of the, the middle episodes. But beyond that, I had a, a great time with this series, which, you know, is how I expected going in from the jump, given the, the cast and the premise and um, Karen Kusama's attachment. And so, yeah, just had a blast. And what's your, I mean, what got you into it? Is it because you like shows like Lost or you've, you're attracted to those, those kinds of Lord of the Flies stories? Or was it more, hey, I just want to see this particular cast because they're always a bunch of fun? Or maybe all of the above? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, 
I'm not sure. Oh, I probably I probably stumbled on the trailer when looking up like Dexter stuff. Um, just because, you know, obviously it was uh released, you know, around the same time and I was planning on actively, you know, reactivating my Showtime um subscription then. So that's probably how I stumbled on the trailer. And then yeah, just like uh, I'm definitely into this type of, you know, Lore of the Flies. I mean, I I veer more towards like the Battle Royale style um, of stuff, but but even so, the trailer intrigued, you know, combined with the the cast and um, Karen Kusama, who I love as a, a director. So yeah, that was probably what, what drew me in. Yeah, that's fair. So what have you watched of hers before that um, made you want to watch this on the back of the director's name? Um, it is... The film, I believe, is called Destroyer. Um, oh, and uh, was it Jennifer's Body? The Megan Fox, uh, Amanda Seyfried, um, kind of like old school horror film. Um, oh, it's Destroyer, the one where Nicole Kidman plays the cop, but like Ruth, uh, not the cop, but she's got really, she's aged yes. up. Yeah. Yes. You see that my husband and I really disagreed on that. We saw that at the London Film Festival and I know that it's like really well acted and it's a really great film, but something about the makeup I found really, really distracting. (laughs) Whereas he didn't, he bought it and therefore he just thought it was like the film of the year and why isn't Nicole Kidman getting Oscars? So that's interesting because I came to it because of the actresses, because I love Christina Ritchie. I was really annoyed when... um, the Zelda Fitzgerald thing was cancelled after one season. So I was, you know, really in for that. And then Juliette Lewis, I think, is just always great value. So I came to it for the people. I actually didn't like the idea that it was being marketed as a sort of Lost type show because I didn't watch Lost, but so many of my friends did. And so many of my friends were bitter about it. <laughs> so I almost <laughs> wasn't going to bother watching it. And then the, the sort of the Twitter buzz began. And I listened to a TV podcast by The Hollywood Reporter called TV's Top 5. And they were going on about how amazing it was. And it happened to be for free, which is always the best reason, what, right, on my satellite provider. So... I was like, fine. And I was just immediately hooked. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five out of five because I don't think there's anything I would have changed in the first season. I mean, even the things that kind of didn't work and were stupid, like the, what, there's no book club? We're just instantly <laughs> memeable and brilliant. Like the That's stuff a five that out bad. of five moment, I think. <laughs> exactly. The stuff that was so <laughs> terrible and so misjudged, the tone was, was kind of like of itself brilliant. So Thomas, how about you? Oh, so I, I thought I was like the evangelist for the show and I was going to give it like a four out of five and you guys both, I think might like it more than me, which is great. I kind of binged the first five. So at some of the slow stuff, maybe I didn't have to deal with in the same way that I think Matt dealt with, but, but for me, it was more of a fun show, like a five out of five is, or maybe even a four and a half out of five is, is something that is more serious where I, you can certainly take the show seriously and I do, but for me, it's, it's just more of a fun kind of uh, rabbit hole kind of TV show to go down with uh, some, you know, campy stuff with Christina Ricci in the present is, is a super fun, but hard to take it seriously character, even though she's deadly. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would give it something like a four, maybe a 4.2 or something out of five. And uh, I came okay, to so it for you. So for you, like Chernobyl might get a five. Yeah, serious. But like something silly can never get a five. So would you I, like like a Ted Lasso can never get a five for you? Or I, a... don't, I don't have Apple, so I've never seen okay. Ted Lasso. But, but like, what, I mean, like Arrested Development would be a five 
on its best seasons. I can see how you think it's more. I mean, it is a bit silly. I just like there are (laughs) characters I don't like. There are plot lines I'm not crazy about. Oh, okay. And maybe a little rules off stuff. But for me, so it's not like a perfect show. It's not a show I take super seriously, even though I look forward to it or had looked forward to it once I finished binging. So I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't give it a five and I, I'd struggle to give it a 4.5, but it's it's super fun. I would I would recommend it to anyone. I mean, it is probably worth pointing out to the listener that I did watch episodes one through eight pretty much all in a row in one day. Oh, that, that helps a lot. Yeah, Which really, like really helps. <laughs> yeah, because I I started I started from the jump like just one <laughs> one every week and yeah I mean episodes like I don't know probably f- maybe five six seven I you know I, I'm not keeping track specifically you know what um, the individual episodes are but yeah somewhere in the middle it's just like a like <laughs> like we need to we need to get to episode nine already please <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it the, has a little um, bit of that. And then there's characters that are like basically Yellow Jackets number four, just in the background. They've been named. I don't know <laughs> if like two seasons from now they're going to make them. Uh, so it, I don't know. I wish. Yeah. So for me, I'm more comfortable like in a four, maybe a 4.25 range, I guess. I, I feel it has the capacity to go to a one because if they, I really hope. Yeah. that the showrunners have worked out the mythos and what they want to do with it otherwise this is going to go like lost or battlestar galactica or you know i really and they, they actually reference that in the showrunner spotlight interview where they're like we're conscious of how people were pissed off with lost so we do have a plan like yeah but do you um so I, <laughs> even for <laughs> me like westworld i felt like oh yeah westworld lost didn't, plot. I, I don't know if you guys are st- i quit watching it a while ago but like i quit watching it yeah for me it it, it kind of kept moving the goalpost and changing characters so like we're invested in this character and then all of a sudden they'll say or do something that after two years seems totally out of character and it's like why, why am i getting involved in this if you're just gonna change stuff and and go for like shock moments so hopefully they've got a plan to planned out i agree with being a completely it's got it's got a low floor it could it could drop at any moment but it's super fun through the first season mm. in my opinion and it I sets agree. up enough mysteries and, and i'm interested enough in the core characters still to really be looking forward to what they go for in season two the thing that gives me some hope is that the showrunners do seem so scared about not resolving things and i think arguably they feel they've resolved more than people think they have in season one like there was this hilarious moment in one of the podcasts i listened to where the showrunners were like oh no that character is definitely dead did you guys not fi- i mean like stop making up theories and <laughs> you know, like we made it very clear that she froze outside of the thing and yeah wow um, I mean, they do like with Van. They uh, they bring Van, in well, exactly. my opinion, back from the dead. I agree. Uh, like she's actually dead, and they bring her back, which is absurd. Uh, but yeah, which, well, we don't know what kind of call it the island. I've never seen Lost either, but like the stuff that happens in the, the wilderness. Woods. What yeah. are the woods trying to do for girls? And again, they say I, I I read everywhere it's Ontario, but that makes no sense. It's Clearly, like, I didn't realize Canada Canadian was that Rockies. inaccessible. Yeah, exactly. But uh, um, let's get into it then. Let's get into sure. plot mechanics and the plane crash, and maybe focus on what happens in um, you know the first timeline. How how credible do you all think that is? And 
if it's not credible, how much does it matter? I'll, I'll give you my beef. There's a plane crash. There's a black box and a transponder, which evidently at some point Misty destroys. But even though she destroys it, wouldn't air traffic control know its flight path until it crashed? Yeah, and like the and maybe its final location before it was shut off. Mm. And, and like and Lottie's family is super rich. Yeah, I I think I think it falls apart <laughs> if you if you put it under the microscope. I I did kind of just stop caring about it. It's something that bugged me the first you know three episodes or so, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll I guess rise. for me, there's a supernatural element where I can say, in this bubble of this place, maybe things that should apply laws of physics and stuff don't necessarily have to apply yeah as if it's like a bermuda triangle that the navigational signals would have stopped before you entered this space but yeah yeah i think there's something going on in these particular woods that they're at that that what we normally think should apply doesn't necessarily apply and then that's kind of you know if you if you're going to get hung up on that that might be a reason not to watch yeah but uh i was having too much fun with it to really let it bother me every now and then if i was bored it would bug me exactly like (laughs) like if it was chernobyl i would be like this doesn't make sense and i can't then take everything seriously but i I, because i'm in a place where i'm not taking it super seriously yeah the the nitty-gritty doesn't bother me um do you guys feel that um something was signaling to the girls to come to the cabin that the 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 woods wanted them in the cabin see i'm not like i i actually enjoy the show more reading it as there's not really anything supernatural going on it's just kind of um it's just kind of like fear and survival and and all that other stuff like it's just you know people building stuff up in their their heads and um just being desperate and trying to find ways to survive and all that Mm. that's definitely i think something the show's exploring is like lottie is either consciously or subconsciously building this kind of religion or whatever and like your faith and what's going on is ultimately what you decide you know mm. what the what the the cause and effect is but but to me there's i don't know there there has to be something supernatural because like bears don't just lay down and die and stuff like that there's too too much to me that, that there can't be something supernatural at this point although i do like the idea that they're exploring especially i think in the taste the character in the present day how much it's kind of a post-traumatic coping mechanism and how far it genuine it is that she's multi-generationally in a family that deals with you know the occult um and voodoo so it's it's, it's gonna be interesting and i think that they've got to be careful haven't they in the lottie character yeah. they you know, the idea of someone with mental health issues who was previously on medication coming off them and then exhibiting characteristics that people interpret as or interpret themselves as, as prophetic, whatever is, you know, you're given society's checkered history with interpreting mental health as, yeah, I, th- I hope I, I hope they're very aware of that and tread a line that isn't exploitative in any way. But I called Lottie. I'm very proud of myself for saying she's going to end up being the sort of the high priestess of weirdness and cannibalism. So, so do you think she is the, the antler queen? Yeah, yeah, I think so, very much yeah. so. And I thought that from about, you know, Discord channel will be my will be my witness. I think I called that about like episode <laughs> four or five. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think very much she's she is Antler Queen. 
I hope, in a way, I hope there's a bit of both because I think it is quite fun to play with that supernatural element. But I also hope that some of it's mis- misdirects from, I think in the present day, it's quite good at looking at what tra- trauma does to people. Um, and that kind of makes it interesting. Who else do you think survives? I mean, like the two, I mean, the two, may, I mean, obviously we know that, that Lottie's still alive now. And, and really the other person that I want to see in the present timeline is Van as like part of a cult as well. Like those are kind of the, I, like I don't really care much about any of it, seeing any of the others in the present. Yeah, with, with Jackie kind of confirmed dead. I mean, do we care about like Mari and I guess Javi is the only one that's like could be yeah. interesting. So the showrunners have confirmed that he isn't the stalker boyfriend in the present day, which doesn't right. mean he can't be alive. But yeah, yeah, he might. Maybe he's part of the cult too. Um, yeah, because I don't, I assume that both Mari and the coach die. I mean, I've always assumed that the coach is the first one they eat. Mm. Um, so I assume those two don't survive, and that pretty much covers all of the. Yeah, there's Aquila, but other than that, yeah. I don't think any of them are named, even other than so. It's going to be yeah, weird so if they bring anyone forward in season two because I don't think they've really laid down the, the, the groundwork for it. No, yeah, I think but... they kind of have to. Well, I don't know if they have to, but I think they're likely to, and I'll be interested to see how they backfill. But I, I, I don't know. I thought, I personally thought that was going to happen maybe at the reunion, but it didn't. So yeah, what a um, letdown that was. I, re- I thought you might at least have <laughs> one person like turn up that we hadn't met yet. That was such an anticlimax, man. But it's probably because they built it up for so long, so it's like it was almost inevitably going to be an anticlimax. Anything else you guys want to say about the nineteenth, the original? Time timeline so i I think uh, i'm probably alone that jackie was my favorite 90s character and definitely was in the present day in in the i like the idea that a leader turns out not to have leadership qualities that was super interesting (laughs) she ended up being like the weakest one in this different environment and how that played out I i was hoping i was hoping she'd live longer and we'd maybe see her kind of like start a resistance with some of the unnamed girls or something but yeah, yeah, breakaway faction. I mean, I think that's going to be Taisa probably. That kind of leads the other the other clan. Yeah, who's um, going to follow her at this point though? After her yeah, disaster, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, no one. Like, I think it's gonna. I I don't think the the break happens until end of. I, mean, I, I think I think they're mostly gonna you know follow more of Lottie's stuff through season two, and I don't think the break would happen until the end. At the yeah, earliest. I guess I mean she could get May Nat and Travis and and Shauna, I guess, which are the like the important ones. But like, yeah, uh, I can't see her getting it when Van is like, kind of lost to her now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but and obviously you know obviously since they you know still haven't <laughs> eaten anyone yet, like that's gonna be that's gonna be the next big you know proving point. Yeah. And that, you know, and that seems like a season two, you know, episode nine or 10 type of. Oh, I hope they get to it sooner than that. I mean, I think part of the disappointment around the finale of season one is people thought they were going to get to it then. Yeah. Uh, you know, the two yeah, the twin disappointments were no cannibalism and then no new reveal at the, the homecoming. So Yeah, it'll be, a, I mean, do you think they'll be, they claim they'll have five seasons. Do you think they'll have five se- or five seasons in the wilderness also? Or do you think we'll I get don't to the feel... second winter? I mean, we're in the first winter now. So I, yeah. I, I don't feel, feel like this is get... five seasons worth of show. I think this is like a two or three season arc, the rate they're going. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to see how they manage. Yeah, three or four maybe is, would be my interpretation. Yeah, we'll see. I hope it's not five seasons. Let's transfer to present day. So we have the characters now grown up. So Matt, let's start with Taisa. If you don't think she's, if you don't think there's supernatural stuff going on in the in the present day, then how hmm. do you count for the? Do you think the grandma's just, um, you know, the the person with the eye, like the son and the grandma? Are they just nuts? Oh, I see what you're saying. She could I mean, just project that from what her grandmother says. You know, she's a frightened kid. She could just project that image in the mirror and not i mean i think that's plausible i guess and the son yeah. isn't nuts he just sees his mum right with the eating mud outside yeah she's right, got like yeah. some sort of again they really need to be careful with mental health but she's got like some disassociative person i don't know enough to say but like some personality disorder where she's multiple personalities or something yeah, it's almost easier if it is supernatural because otherwise it's really scary and it's sort of not scary, but scary how they're going to handle it. And it and it does worry me. I think more my uh, what I'm trying to say is that I don't uh, with regards to supernatural is I just don't think there's anything really like concrete about it. Mm. Like we're going to see a specific like spirit or, you know, something like, you know, along the lines of the the smoke monster and all that from, from yeah. Lost. Well, we've seen Ghost Jackie already, and I think that's probably gonna something that's going to continue both in the past and in the present, I think. But again, that could be just uh, adult Shauna just projecting her guilt. Yeah. yeah, Guilt manifesting. It was kind of nice that she definitely died because it made so much more sense what Shauna, the obligations Shauna felt to her family in the present day. It just it was like, okay, now I get it. It's just huge quantities of guilt yeah Um, yeah. okay so maybe we go through the characters one by one Taisa was really funny because like the first few episodes I watched I was like wait so there's like a lesbian black woman who's standing for office in America anywhere in America is that likely to be viable I mean not just America I mean my own country I was thinking no matter how progressive we are has that ever happened I mean I don't know so that stretched credulity to me like a state I don't know if it could happen in a state but I mean like certainly like in a a congressional district i think you could do that but uh, and i don't know if new, like even in new jersey that would fly as a state office yeah i mean i'd, I'd like to think it could but i don't know um but god bless her but i really like committed a blood sacrifice so she just wins so it doesn't matter yeah exactly. it doesn't, people don't need to be progressive when you've got you know mystery cults on your side yeah. <laughs> Um, I really like the idea, though, and I, I love the actress who plays her in both timelines or the actresses who play the character. I think it's really nice to see. Um, it's just a really interesting timeline, I feel, and a really interesting story. And she's really strong in the in the 90s timeline. I'm really drawn to her as a character. And I think the images of her in the present day, just, you know, crouching on the ground like something feral, eating the dirt is very powerful to me and really sad and tragic if it really is just some kind of messed up way of her coping and I hope it's not what's going to end up happening to her like if she does try and go against Lottie and sort of gets exiled from the cabin and maybe has to go really feral to survive I don't know but yeah thoughts on Thaisa boys and girls there are parts of her storyline that kind of bored me but I I think ultimately she's really good and like she has moments like really strong character moments where she's talking like about how she basically got everything she wanted in life anyway and it still wasn't enough for her and she's still kind of empty and 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 
that's why I think she might be like Wendango spirit because she feels like she's just needs to keep achieving and getting things where mm. where when she was talking to Shauna, Shauna's like didn't get anything she wanted out of her life and, and but Taisa got everything she wanted and she's still not content yes and she seems to have so much money because she's paid for like multiple rehabs for for Nat and yeah it'll had- be interesting why, why she feels so indebted to Nat in the in the present yeah I mean something must something fucked up must have happened right I mean that goes above and beyond but she I mean like the amount of money she's spending on private investigators and people to try and lure people into giving up secrets and then the invest you know I mean she's obviously rolling in it um yeah let's yeah, talk so- about sorry Matt I bet you some of that could also be from Lottie too maybe oh true 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 so we think now, as of episode 10, that she's firmly in the Lottie cult. I do not, personally. but uh, Ooh, I, I, Okay. On, on the grounds that, or just not enough evidence that she is? Or... I just get the feeling she's doing things in her own head, that she's not working with the cult or Lottie. And I suspect she even may have opposed Lottie in the past and present so mm. uh, you know i i could be wrong and 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 the opposite is very li- likely true so but that's just my feeling yeah i think that's certainly very interesting in season two to know nat versus lottie and nat sorry not nat taisa versus lottie and taisa relative to nat to me are the two storylines i really want to see play out um mm-hmm. because nat is fucked up um dealing with addictions <laughs> of many kinds really charismatic and you know really fun and that's just Juliet Lewis just um committing absolutely everything to the performance as always I mean she's just phenomenal um yeah I, I haven't seen anything from Travis that would make her I mean obviously he's a kid in the past and but he's kind of a douche so uh <laughs> hopefully at some point he earns her devotion because i haven't seen it yet but uh yeah true true all for all for season two um let's do shauna because i'm leaving misty for last for all sorts of reasons shauna's the one who seems the most conventional and maybe the most together and then you realize the whole time that she has no money and it's her douche idiot husband who's really <laughs> the black <laughs> i can never say that enough times <laughs> i mean just yeah and we know now i think the mystery of why she's beholden to jackie's family i i I just feel sometimes it's always the quiet ones right and i feel we've got more to see from her in season two back in the in the woods um yeah i think like if you look at the other adult characters like taisa i feel like views her as an equal or almost uh almost somewhat subordinate to her so uh, at some point in the past i think she's really got to asserted herself because uh, like i think you know uh, you would look at it as tice is like way above her in the hierarchy of everything mm. but 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 they're clearly if not equals then i think shauna is like the leader almost in, in the current day maybe shauna went up against lottie um yeah and then we've got wonderful psychopathic misty who is so evil. I mean, she's the one who basically gets them stranded by killing the transponder box. Although I guess if you think the woods were going to isolate them anyway, that doesn't really matter. I mean, she has a relish for sort of, you know, chopping off limbs. And in the present day, she's kind of like one of these evil Dr. Nursey type people who feels no compunction about, you know, offing the elderly and just and just kidnapping people and tying them up in her basement. I mean, she's an absolute flipping nutter. And I think she was a nutter before she got to the woods. 
Um, so or do yeah, you think it brought yeah. it out of her? Did it bring it? Did the woods unleash her? I guess. So there's this scene right before they get on the plane of her in her backyard, I think, with a rat in a pool. Mm. Is she watching it drown, or is she playing with a pet rat? I I, I didn't re- I couldn't. I thought she was drowning it, and it was like straight yeah. up psychopath. You start off with animals, then move on to people, and it's just it's so brilliantly camp. And I just feel that next Halloween, there's going to be lots of people dressing up as Misty because <laughs> it's like you know, like <laughs> like everyone did Harley Quinn and then Driver, and I, I think it's such a strong look. She just it she she's the one who gives you permission not to care about the stuff that doesn't work because she's so extreme as a character and as as a kind of look but i just think she's so fun and she clearly wants to belong and she wants to be part of this group and she wants to protect these other girls and and they don't really trust her as much i think she's more trustworthy than they give her credit for but uh because I, th- I think they were suspecting her to be the blackmailer for a while but yeah i, I she's so much fun and, and especially in the present well um, she just wants to belong doesn't she i mean yeah. she i mean the time in the woods is her best time because suddenly everyone needs her and everyone's friends with her and it's it's kind of, I thought she was the blackmailer at first. So I thought maybe she just did this to bring the, the gang back together because she misses them and she's lonely and she's just faking blackmailing herself to sort of, you know, just get, get them back together again. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, like Juliette Lewis and, and Christina Ricci were my favorite parts of the show. And they're kind of, you know, what kept me going through the, the slow stuff, just because with 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 Sean and Thaisa in the, the present timeline, you know, I would I, I, I skip through a, a fair amount of some of their like their family stuff and, and the Adam stuff, um, you know, especially with with Melanie Linsky. Like the reason I was, you know, I like that casting choice is like I know I know she's capable of that that fire that like Shauna has underneath mm. like when she needs it and it's so, like those are my favorite mo- moments with her um you know like with <laughs> when she goes with her daughter just like you have you have no idea who you're fucking with kid <laughs> yeah that was um, hilarious that was yeah, so good. <laughs> they all have moments like that right so it's great where there's um, like middle-aged women but they're like you don't know who you're fucking with right now <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So obviously, you know, just Misty's intensity with with everything was was great. I mean, her charging in and sniffing the cocaine is just is one of the best moments <laughs> of the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and yeah, that's the thing where you know because of her willingness willingness to be long, like if if she feels like if she feels accepted, like she will be, you know, fiercely loyal like that. And um, I, yeah, I don't think some of the others, you know, realize the the scope of that to their to their detriment. Um, I will say the kind of keeping um, the the fixer in the the basement storyline. If you really like look at it, seems to have like no purpose beyond just like kind of giving um, Misty someone to to bounce off of. Yeah, um, and to talk to and explain it, herself a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it, it was still it was still entertaining. Mm. It was just cool for me because I haven't seen one of the Cylons since Battlestar Galactica. It's like, oh, that's that's where that actress went. Excellent. <laughs> um, what do you think her chances are? What do you What do you mean? Of making it? Oh, as in as in if she's still alive after the poisoning? Yeah. Oh, again, I think that would serve no purpose, right? I, I, mm. I think she has. I, just, I am. I go ahead. 
Well, yeah, I, I kind of assumed that she was just dead. Like, I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe it would be would be cool if she stayed alive and, and came back um, just so that she wasn't quite such a throwaway character in the end. But yeah, I did kind of assume that she was just dead. So would I normally. It's only after that whole van thing where I was like, how do you get your like half your face mauled and, you know, still be alive? Come on. You know, it's like. Especially sure. out there where they have no ability Medical. to treat anything other than like, antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, anything else we should say about this show? Do we want to talk about production design and costume and music? Yeah, the music's great. I mean, especially I feel like the first episode, they really throw a ton of money into the music, I'm guessing. But even oh. throughout, the, the music choices are really interesting and, and appropriate and, and really fun if you're alive in the 90s. Yeah, really propulsive and definitely, yeah, it just felt like such a good mixtape. Um, and I just think yeah, the way kinda... they even do, as someone who was definitely, I guess, the same age as the characters when they go on the plane. I think I am contemporary with the characters and just even some of the hairstyles and the way they do the makeup and stuff. I was like, oh, yes, I wore that. I did that. I, I was that person. It just feels incredibly well observed to me. And I'm guessing the showrunners are the same age too because it just feels so spot on. Yeah, 100%. And kind of the the score goes along with that too, actually. the What I would compare it to is something um, like uh, Wind River, um, which is um, another... It was a, a film that had a very... Um, man versus the the elements um themes mm. to it and and yeah part of part of the score of that just felt very um tribal and primal and and primitive kind of the the same yeah. way that, that that it does here with you know people kind of just wandering through the the wilderness we're in a great time for scores i mean the white lotus had a ridiculously good score right and I'm oh, yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's some phenomenal tv school work going on right now and i think it's filmed really nicely like it's it's more interesting than the typical you know week by week kind of schlocky drama and i want to give them praise because i think you know walking that tightrope between genuine mystery and like i haven't had a show like this for a while where you know even on my like office teams chat with colleagues people going is it jeff is it you know, like, is it Avi? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of been fun. And I think in a way, the kind of the episode of the week has helped that because it gives it time in between episodes for people to get into that stuff. Um, So it's really well made. And they do manage to walk this tightrope of having really serious moments, but also just the hilarity. But one doesn't really seem to undermine the other. It's just a bunch of fun. So I really enjoyed it. Prediction yeah, same. I, I'm, I'm, I hope more people get a chance to watch it. I, yeah. like, I don't know if uh, Showtime is just limiting, uh, but I'm hoping that uh, people get a chance to watch it. People in the UK, you can watch it on Sky Showcase, so you can binge it all night. I'm hoping people pick up, pick it up on the binging side of things, um, for sure. And that, you know, what, what might ruin it is... I don't think the showrunners thought it was going to be this big and I don't think they realized the meme- memeable moments were going to be <laughs> memeable. And I hope they don't write season two trying to like artificially create those because then it they could slip over the line of it becoming campy. But so far, so good. Um, pre- Maybe predictions for season two or what you're most excited to learn more about in season two, boys? Uh, I mean, yeah, a big one is just, you know, more more adult casting for, for some of the... the yeah, uh, they have a, I think that's really good marketing opportunities for them, like with good casting and stuff. 
Well, who plays Lottie? Yeah, who plays Lottie or who plays Van or something like that. Hmm. Well, poor person yeah, who plays Van unless Thais has paid for huge reconstructive surgery. <laughs> uh, you well, Lottie, just, I think Lottie's more rich than nice any scarring. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, kind of Shauna's development now in the past, I guess. And I guess I'm interested to see what the direction of the cult in the present would be my two uh, things interesting me the most for season two. Why, if you think it is a cult and if you think they are nefarious, why do you think Thaisa seeks political power? I think because she's always needs something more. So it's yes. not to use it for particularly nefarious ends. It's yeah, just I, she, again, it's just my stated. opinion is she's separate from the cult, but uh, okay. I could be very much wrong about that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's ambiguous. How about you, Matt? What What are you looking forward to or expecting in season two? Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, more more details about the the cult is certainly um, exciting. Just because I I do think like if if we're really thinking about it, like if if Lottie, you know was still alive still super rich and like the leader of a cult in the present this whole time like her name probably should have come up (laughs) (laughs) a few episodes you know maybe like by episode two or three in the present timeline but but we'll we'll let that slide um so yeah i'm definitely i'm excited for that and then yeah i'm kind of um and then in the in the past timeline you know more of um just kind of see where you know where the where the split comes from, where where line lines get drawn, um, and and seeing who else kind of steps up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole cannibalism, like when is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? Why is that going to happen? If that is a season two, which I think we have to get at least right up to the brink of that, if not past it. Yeah, we we I feel like. Yeah, they need to. That that needs to be part of of season two to keep people. Because I, I think they introduced that in the very first scene, and I think there are some people where that's like what they're most in. It's not really what I'm most interested in, but I, I from just looking at like Reddit and stuff, I think there. Yeah, I think there's some people that are can, really interested in the cannibalism. I mean, you aspect. put it, you, you create an expectation, you put it in the yeah. opening credits. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, at some point you you're a tease. Do you think they'll pick up from where they left off in both timelines, or do you think there'll be a time jump? um maybe maybe a little jump in the past but i think the present probably picks up fairly close yeah that sounds because, right to me too because nat because nat's been you know nat's been kidnapped so like that's going to be a pressing issue <laughs> true, true 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 um yeah you're probably right and actually they weren't away for long enough that if they're gonna if they're gonna spin this out over four or five seasons they probably do need to just do it continuous even in the past right um mm-hmm. they don't have enough months to start skipping over stuff i don't think um, right yeah i mean we're, it's gonna it's gonna be winter like, that's gonna, <laughs> do you think they'll introduce any yeah. uh, like a third timeline like a 1998 or I, whatever timeline where they when oh they, when they're just discovered that would yeah. be very cool or do you think yeah, just I think... keep going from like Arrow? I don't know if anyone's seen Arrow, but where the past each season mm-hmm. progresses a year or something, where they they eventually like season four, they're dealing with when they first get back as kids. I mean, or it something is expensive, like isn't it? Because you've got to do yet another time period. Like apparently, when the showrunners first pitched it as a TV show, the original time period was the seventies, and then the oh, wow. current was the nineties, and the TV execs just looked at them like, "That's just like, <laughs> like, why would you do that? That's two sets of period drama. Just like make life easy for yourself. Do nineties now." 
Uh, interesting. Like, I didn't know that. Just because they love the music of this. I mean, there's so many good looks. And, I, and maybe the kind of the plane crash not being discovered is more credible in the 70s technology wise. But yeah, um, so that was the original idea. Um, but, mm, I mean, I, I, I think they talked about like, I, I think there have been an interview or something recently where they talked about that they might they might show some some stuff from an in-between time, like closer to to after they they got back so yeah we might might get to okay. see some more of, like travis and and that's kind of interactions together with her avi cool yeah okay i'm excited but i'm also i came into season one with i mean some expectations because ft would you were like really excited about it and you know it was around that this was this was like getting really good um I, i'm very nervous for season two because i just don't want it to become lost but i think even if it were to drift, I think season two would probably still be strong. It might be after that. But yeah. I do feel they need to show some cannibalism, whether it's the finale or, you know, I, I think they work towards that, don't they? Um, but I'm excited for it. I, you know, if, if season two were now, I'd carry on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all oh, in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for, like, casting, and, and that's that's fun. So, yeah, it, it, it's a fun show to speculate on and think about, even you know, and listen to podcasts about, which is I haven't had in a few years, so that's yeah, for me, exactly. a ton of fun. I feel all the TV I'm watching right now is the stuff like Euphoria, which is so fucked up and depressing and just like traumatic. <laughs> and then there's stuff <laughs> this like this is the, too, but it's also fun. It's so and then there's stuff like the Gilded Age, which is just going to be a light, you know, costumey confection of the type that I quite like on a Sunday night. But there's very little that's in the middle that's both dark and funny and silly, but also deals with some quite serious shit. So I feel Yellow Jackets really feels a hold. And I do love it. I love a puzzle. You know, I like Agatha Christie novels and murder mysteries. I like I like something where I have to figure it out. And it just it does remind me a bit of the early seasons of Battlestar Galactica, where people would be on in the old days message board saying, oh, do you think so and so is a Cylon or what's the deal with Caprica 6? And I, I like I love that kind of stuff, that community hive mind theorizing. So I'm I'm all about it, I have to say. It's a bunch of fun. Well, thank you guys for jumping on and having a little chat about Yellow Jacket season one with me. I'm really glad some other people were watching and I got to talk a little bit with some people. Well, I only we had to watch it because you were being thrown to the Reddits and you know we had to give <laughs> normal people to discuss this with. So. Yeah, never want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have standards. There, there are flaws. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a lovely evening and speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Yep. See you. I just ask you guys what your favorite show of the year was then if you, you guys are like fives and four and a half so I'm curious what your favorite shows of 2021 were god it all blurs into one the pandemic yeah it's it? so <laughs> tough what did I, I specifically like watch in 2021 um I mean Curb Your Enthusiasm continues to just be probably my favorite comedy I really like Dope Sick. Oh, do- oh, okay. I read that book and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch the show or not. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. It's quite depressing, but it, it's kind of well done. It features some stunning acting performances. Rosario Dawson, Michael Keaton. It's just top to bottom. Michael Stolberg. It's just really well done. Peter Sarsgaard. Um, okay, I will definitely watch that. Yeah, that really impressed me. That to me was kind of like the Chernobyl of 2021, like the really serious um, thing. I mean, like I from from kind of the 
the fantasy superhero genre. Like I both liked Arcane and Loki. Um, I had great times with this year. Um, so I didn't watch those. those. So does Arcane require knowledge of the universe, or is it just you can just watch it? And Absolutely enjoy it? not. I have okay. I had zero knowledge of that besides okay. like a few a few names. Yeah, I see none of you mentioning Witcher in there. Um... I saw oh, yeah, the second that, season. Like yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it's not a. It's not a five out of five, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys fine. watch uh, Reservation Dogs? No, is that but people say good things, right? Yeah, so... that, that was probably my favorite show. <laughs> yeah, I need to last year. I need to go back to that. I, I, I watched a few and um, but then kind of stopped. I didn't I didn't fully get into it, so I need to give. Yeah, that the pacing shot. is not like it's not compelling pacing. So either got to kind of click with the characters or not, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. get back. <laughs> would that be television or a movie? Would you say? I did watch it. I don't know. It's like I, a mini series, really. I don't it's know. like hypnotic because in, in some ways it was deathly boring, but in other ways it was just genius. And I, yeah. I still can't make up my mind whether that would be zero lemon cakes or five. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there were the moments of creativity where you saw a song just get fashioned out of seemingly thin air. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, this is legitimately genius at work and then there's all the tedium and you kind of admire them you think actually as much as that seemed to come out of the ether there's so much craft and hard work to being a beetle and then just moments of them even on the verge of breaking up so much joint loving fun silliness kind of you know when they're just jamming to other people's tunes and doing funny (laughs) voices and accents and just thought yeah this is a bunch of young kids who genuinely had fun together for a while until they didn't. And then this sort of like seething presence of Yoko, kind of like the, the <laughs> Meg Markle of the... <laughs> and as I say that, I recognize that I'm falling into all sorts of stereotypes about poor Yoko and, and she, you know, she's obviously... Yeah, I thought she was kind of redeemed. But I don't know if it's... Why the hell is she in editing? single well, because John needs her to like function, I think. That's such a codependent relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's not healthy necessary but uh, i think he at that point of his life just required her presence mm. um yeah and then poor ringo just sits there just <laughs> while this circus occurs around him and poor pete best i mean ringo at least he fucking <laughs> i mean it. i love ringo but uh yeah he, and he then, i think and he realized george harrison he clearly oh. knows he just knows he knows he's mediocre in songwriting and can't handle it and it's like just be like Ringo be more Ringo and I think think he knows he's he's equal and they can't take it that they I don't know I I feel differently he's not equal though is he I mean like he's equal as a musician as a part of the band as a guitarist but he's not equal as a songwriter I think at that point he's pretty close yeah I don't think he's pretty close. I think he's Ringo. And I think the, the genius of Ringo, and this, and this is what I took out of it as my mission for 2022 is just be more Ringo. Yeah. Know what you can control. Know what you can't. Know, know your lane. Stay in your lane. Be happy. <laughs> Ringo's great. You see him now, like he turns up on like the Colbert show or whatever, late, late night with Stephen Colbert. And he's still doing, he's still wearing hippie clothes and just like, saying peace and love. And he, he's the happy, he's he alive be, yeah. and he's a happy, rich man. And I just feel that there's a lesson there. George Harrison, miserable and dead. <laughs> <laughs> what, there's no book club? Yeah, there, there's no way that, you know, if I went, if I went to school like these days or whatever, there's no way I would have gotten out of there without like getting into a serious fight with like without seriously hurting someone. (laughs) 
Like, like I, I would have responded violently if some of this like shit had happened. So let's explore yeah, that. Let's explore that, Matt. So rather than thinking <laughs> you would have been beaten up on, you think you would have been the aggressor. Uh, I mean, I try to, I try to be not the first one to throw the punch, but <laughs> <laughs> if someone sure starts a fight, you're gonna end it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I would have had a, a negative response. Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, this is a whole new side of you, Matt, that I didn't realize existed. Oh. Are you the kind of guy who, <laughs> if you were in a plane crash on an island, would actually be quite handy? Would show leadership skills? Well, no, actually, I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to lead. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer. I prefer to someone else to like lead and and make the decisions but like you know i would have to agree with the decisions <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't follow them <laughs> and, I, <laughs> oh and i would put the, i would put them out and be like no someone better needs to be doing this shit <laughs> that's hilarious whereas i f- i fear that i would be a jackie I, i'm quite <laughs> successful in normal conventional society but if put if put into a situation where there was no rule of law no room service no hairdryer I, I, I'd just crumble. I'd crumple. I'd just be in tears in a ball. Yeah, I'd up. be Coach Ben, I think, where I'd be like <laughs> trying to tell people to do stuff and they'd be like, oh, why the fuck are we going to listen to you? <laughs> you know, just like, I don't know. I, 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 the whole dynamic there is kind of interesting with that, but I don't want to take yeah. us back for another half hour on for, for wrapping up. This is already going to be an epic after show, which I feel is phenomenally good. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is the Vop way. What, there's no book club? Did you, have you guys both watched Twin Peaks before I say what I'm about to say? I have, yes. Yeah. Okay, so it was a bit like, I mean, I love that show, but you know, when it was revealed that Leland Palmer had been raping his own daughter and had murdered her, and then he has that weird thing in the jail cell with agent keeper where it's it's very clear that there there is a way of interpreting it that he has been possessed by an evil spirit and he didn't have agency but then there's also a way of interpreting it that he it's just incest and it was dissociative personality disorder and i think those sorts of story i mean i love twin peaks i just think it's phenomenal but like thinking about it now you wonder what kind of a fuss might have been caused around that storyline so i just i'm get get quite nervous for it and yeah i think what there's no book club